Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Have you ever dealt with trust issues? I know I have. Check out this special episode on developing trust in relationships and how to keep the trust growing strong. Jason Lang, who's been working with men for 15 years, is our special guest and also my husband. So tune in now. Welcome to an episode about trust, trusting ourselves, trusting our partner. And in this special little bonus, we are going to dive into why trust is so important, particularly for the feminine, both trusting herself and trusting a potential partner, how you can build that trust. And then I'll share some of my journey to deepen my trust with myself and in my relationships. Um, we'll also talk about how feminine integrity or trustability is, is different than masculine integrity or trustability and what we might be looking for in our partners as we're getting to know them and as the relationship deepens. So I have Jason Lang here, who is a special guest. Jason is my husband and has been working with men for 15 years, both as part of men's groups and also leading men through coaching and workshops and other other endeavors. Uh, Jason is also a filmmaker and a writer and has a lot of vision for bringing more consciousness to Hollywood and to film, in addition to some other cool things. So Jason, thank you for sharing your time with us. Excited to be here. Yes. So, so let's talk about this issue of trust. I, like many of you who might be listening right now, have had experiences that have hurt. And I think the root of lack of trust is not having healed the places in ourselves that, that hurt. And so we have stories and ideas and beliefs about ourselves, about the world, about men that influence not only a potential relationship, but even the people we interact with to even get to a potential relationship. It's this weird thing where when we've been hurt in the past, if it's not resolved, we we seek out more situations that are similar in order to replicate that and, and become our own heroine or our own hero. But we oftentimes don't have the skills or the tools to actually resolve that story or resolve that situation or trauma. So we, we just keep reenacting and then the suffering continues. I love this idea that's not my own, obviously. Someone came up with it, but we can't necessarily avoid pain and pain can actually be a great teacher, but we can we can avoid or, or at least minimize the amount of suffering that we attach to it. And I I think for the feminine energy, learning to trust ourselves is the key step in order to trust a partner. Uh, oftentimes, I'll hear women who are not comfortable being vulnerable saying things like, oh, I'm fine, or it's fine. You know, they're hiding. They're hiding from their partner. They're hiding from themselves. They're not really connected to their emotions or their vulnerability. Uh, they might kind of brush things off. And then it creates this weird hot and cold dynamic where the man wants to make the woman happy. He wants to take care of her and plan cool things for her, but he might not know how to because she's not really giving him any feedback. Everything is just neutral. You know, fine is not really an emotion. Fine is just a, a status report. And yet a lot of us have, have just started doing that or, or in the past have done that because we've wanted to put on a happy face instead of actually being real with our emotions. And so one of the first steps in trusting yourself is connecting to your own, your own stories, your own suffering, recognizing that it matters, that you matter, and that it's worthy to be open with yourself about your feelings and open with your partner about, about your feelings and about what you want. Um, 
I think, and I'm curious to get Jason's insight on this. I think that the feminine is more trustable when she's attuned to herself and sharing what's real for her in the moment versus this fake positivity or, or this kind of neutral, fine aspect. But what's been your experience when, when you um, connect with a woman? Um, certainly more responsive, the more trustable, I would say, knowing that, oh, that really hurt her and I can tell, or that did not feel good and I can tell. So I have feedback so I can not do that again. Mm -hmm. As simple as that. So I love that word that you just used, responsiveness. A lot of women have trained themselves or developed a habit of not being responsive because we're trying to be the cool girl, you know, I can't show him that I was hurt by that because I'll push him away or I can't tell him what I really want, which is a relationship or to become a mom or it'll be too much for him. Or, you know, I can't let my boss know that that really hurt. So I got to go cry in the bathroom. I've got to, you know, toughen up and put on a brave face. So it's no wonder that societally we've, we've decided that our emotions are not okay. And that we've started judging ourselves in all these situations. And this is a huge muscle and skill that we have to build in dating and relationship is to be so open in the moment that we let any energy flow through us, even if it's so-called bad energy like anger or fear or, you know, even a healthy sense of destruction. There's part of feminine energy that is that is destructive. But can we learn to harness it in a way that's a gift to our partner instead of beating ourselves up or pushing our pushing our partner away? And that takes takes a lot of courage for for sure. Um Let's talk about feminine integrity and masculine integrity because there is a difference. It feels like, you know, what makes a man trustable is different than what makes a woman trustable. So, um, how would you describe, yeah. How would you describe like masculine trustability or integrity from your point of view? And then I'll share from mine too. Um, I would say doing what you say and saying what you would do, saying what you do and those things matching up, particularly over time. Just, I, I said I do this and I did that. Mm. Yeah. That's, I feel, I that's feel pretty that. masculine. <laughs> totally. And I, I think from the feminine perspective, what feels trustable in a man is exactly that. Like he said he was going to call me and he did. Or he said he was going to plan a date for us and he did. Or, you know, he said he was going to send me this article he talked about during our date and then and then he did. Now, it's unrealistic to think our partners are going to be perfect, which is why I loved what you said about over time. You know, it doesn't mean that he has to call you right at 8 p.m., although it'd be great if he did. Maybe he's running five minutes late and, and we can learn to soften and relax and, and be compassionate with our partner or potential partner around that. I think the other things to me that feel trustable are he's committed not just to me, because in the beginning of a relationship, if a guy is trying to commit to you, like after one date, it actually feels a little weird. I think it's like, oh, well, isn't he committed to his life and his desires and his goals, you know, more than getting something from me because he barely knows me. But being committed to something bigger in their life or something that's like a vision or a higher calling or a purpose that feels really sexy and really, um, and really trustable that we don't have to. And we talked about this, you know, on a, on a thing about masculinity, but that we as women don't have to be his purpose. Like that can feel hard to trust because we are changing all the time. And so if we're his purpose, you know, that's, that feels maybe a bit scary. Um, so the bigger purpose, the commitment, commitment to himself and, um, and for me and my body, what it feels like is for Jason, 
when I'm with you. He's like a Greek pillar. <laughs> it's hard to describe, but it's something that I had been looking for. Someone who is solid and congruent and aligned and, and, and integrity. And integrity is kind of a hard word to, for me to verbalize, but I felt that. I felt that in your body when we first connected. I still feel that in you, that there's there's a solidness and a grounding that feels like a soft, not soft, like a, like a safe space that I can lean into and soften into. And that feels that feels really trustable. But I imagine it's kind of hard as a masculine to never change your mind or to stay that committed. Um, so are there things that women can do to, um, to recognize or acknowledge or appreciate the masculine for all the ways that you are trustable? Um, by just acknowledging when we've done something we said we would do. Mm. I think, you know, it's as simple as that. Like, oh, yeah, thank you for being on time. Or, yeah, thank you for uh, putting that thing together. Or, I don't know, there's so many countless ways, but just, uh, yeah, reflecting that. Mm. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of times women feel like they have to um, only reward behavior that's above and beyond, or that we have, you know, we have escalating expectations. A feminine in an unhealthy way can be like, more, more, more. It's never enough. And so, simply saying, thank you for being on time, you might think as a woman listening to this is obvious, but. The masculine wants to be seen that he is honoring his commitments. Totally. I think that's a really important one for um, a lot of men to just, yeah, get that feedback. Um, I think it's one thing I see a lot in the men's groups I do is men feeling uh, unappreciated for everything they do. And what a chronic kind of uh, malnourishment that can cause. Versus just, yeah, being celebrated for the little things they do consistently and correctly that, that, you know, again, when we do what we say, when we were going to do and we follow through on it. And even if it's not exactly on time or exactly perfect, just acknowledging, like, yeah, it took energy to get that done. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And it reminds me of how women listening to this might think, well, why do I have to do that? Why do I have to do something that should just be a given? But consider this, like you get dressed up for a date. If the person never says anything about your appearance, because he's like, well, of course you got dressed up. It's a date. You would probably feel that was a missed opportunity for you to be appreciated and seen and acknowledged. And so just like you want to be acknowledged for looking pretty and, and putting some time into how you look, you know, the masculine wants to be acknowledged for, for doing what you might consider to be the basics, but are still fundamental and important and take energy and take direction and think about all the things he had to do in his day to make sure that he got done with work on time and that he had all these projects to take care of. And he had a million other things that he could be putting his energy towards, but he made it a priority to be there on time for you. So I'm glad that really glad that you mentioned that. Um, is there a certain way that the masculine likes to see, receive that appreciation? Is it verbal? Is it nonverbal? Like what makes you feel um, acknowledged and appreciated? Um, I think that probably depends on the man, the the person and their love language, so to speak, mm. you know, whether it's words or an act of service or touch or affection, but yeah, you know, that's part of what you're going to have to discover about a partner is what, what feels best to them in terms of how to, um, deliver that feedback and, and that appreciation back to them. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things we certainly have going on in our connection is you'll cook for me. And that, that's great. 
you know, if I've been out working hard, that feels super good when I come home and am just nourished in that way and don't have to even make the decision of like what I'm going to eat or when I'm going to cook. It's just like, ah, it's there. That's one less thing I have to do. So that's like one that really works for us, but it's going to be different for every every couple. But if nothing else, just, yeah, probably the safe thing is just some verbal acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love that example too, because you know, you might think, oh, masculine, feminine, traditional roles. I'm not cooking for Jason because it's an obligation or an expectation or because societally I'm supposed to. I'm cooking because I literally see his whole body relax when he eats food that was prepared for him. You know, it's an act of it's an act of love and I could definitely do it more often, <laughs> but it's one way that I that I can nourish him. Um, so, yeah, for you and the person you're getting to know, it might be giving them a kiss on the cheek. It might be giving them a seductive smile. It might be saying thank you. I really appreciate that. And I also just encourage anyone listening to this to pay attention to your your body posture. Sometimes just literally lifting your heart or opening your, your chest space to let more light through and, and putting a huge smile on your face or doing a little twirl and, and holding, you know, the side of your dress and, and being like, Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Thank you so much for being on time. Like those displays of energy can be really, I think really impactful as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about feminine integrity then, because a lot of women that I work with, they've gotten to what David Data calls the stage two of feminine development. Stage one is less conscious or less evolved feminine energy. There might be a lot of emotion, but it might not be um, where the person is taking ownership of it. There might be a lot of projections or gossip or manipulation or using their sexuality in unhealthy ways to get what they want. And so stage two feminine is the woman adopts more masculine energy in order to balance out, in order to hold herself with her emotions, in order to do the things in the world she wants to do. And then when we, when I work with a woman to move more into her stage three feminine, there can be some, some resistance to allowing herself to follow her pleasure or to change her mind or to be connected to her emotions because she had decided when she was in her stage two or her more masculine expression of herself that it wasn't okay to follow her pleasure. It wasn't okay to be in touch with her desires. It wasn't okay to be in touch with her emotions. And it definitely wasn't okay for her to change her mind. You know, she made a commitment, she's got to honor it. But then that leads to what we talked about at the beginning of this, which was this sense of it's fine of, of not wanting to open up because we've been shaming ourselves for what is in fact just a very normal part of feminine energy, which is that it does change and it does flow. And there are <laughs> ups and downs and, and changing our mind and all of those things. So even in my relationships with other women, like friendships or work-wise, sometimes it is challenging to recognize that a woman is not being out of integrity. If she changes her mind or if she has an emotion, it's just her being in her feminine. Um, so would you agree that feminine integrity is more about following your emotion or sharing your emotion and desire in the moment as it changes? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really about revealing the truth of your heart on a moment-to-moment basis. Mm. whatever that is darker light happier sad up or down revealing the truth of your heart on a moment by moment basis i love that and that's why it's so important to do embodiment work and emotional connection work to your heart both by yourself with a mentor but also in a group of other women which is why all of my programs pretty much have a group component because as women we need to feel safe expressing ourselves and the truth of our heart moment to moment. And we might not have felt safe in our household growing up. There may have been a squashing of the feminine or a rejecting of the feminine and 
definitely in many workplaces that's the case. So we have to either create a whole new neural pathway or we have to reestablish the validity and safety of the neural pathway to be in our feminine energy and to accept the fact that it may change our desires, our wants, our needs, our emotions. And that doesn't make us bad, wrong, or unlovable, but it does take practice. That's why we have to have embodiment practices and other ways to really connect to what am I feeling in the moment and what do I want in this moment? Um, now there's a little bit perhaps of, of masculine energy, I guess it may take for us to be aware of or bring consciousness to how we're feeling. But to me, it feels like it's mainly feminine about opening and expressing and allowing that flow of energy. But do you, do you think that that's the case? Like, do we need to have a certain masculine just to be able to even know, or does it matter that we know what we're feeling? Maybe we don't need to know. Maybe we just need to open and, and flow. Um, I don't know. I've never actually thought of that, but I'm, I'm sure it would. Sometimes it helps just labeling is a masculine tendency, right? Oh, I'm happy. I'm sad. Um, so that's useful to have some of that to just be able to express it in a way that a partner can understand it. Um, particularly if it's a partner who hasn't done a lot of work, they might not be good at reading your body language or the, the the way you're moving your body and expressing yourself. So having a little bit, you know, you definitely have to have a, a at least some masculine energy in there, I think, to, to be able to communicate that and, and move it through. Absolutely. Mm. And so that's encouraging for those of you that are like, oh my gosh, I'm always in my masculine or, you know, how am I going to get more into my feminine? The work you've done on yourself consciously or unconsciously to be in masculine energy is not lost. You know, that's still super valid for helping you articulate how you're feeling and connecting with what's really going on in the moment so that you're not blaming or shaming or projecting onto your partner. But I believe the way that that David and your teacher, John Wineland, describe it is that, you know, as we move into our stage three it's much more fluid. There's less talking. There's less kind of processing together and more just being in the moment and asking and, and just going for what we feel like will unlock the most amount of love in a situation or in our partner. Um, so it's like learning a new language, learning a new skill to trust yourself in the stage three feminine versus trusting the external feedback, which is more of a stage two uh, feminine kind of uh, metric, I would say. Um, so it feels like for trusting our partner, the most important thing is to first learn to trust yourself and the safety of being in your feminine and expressing your heart moment to moment and not shaming yourself if you are feeling something different than you were yesterday or a few weeks ago. Um, but it also feels really important that then we can extend that level of trust to the masculine in general and to our partner. And as I shared a little bit at the beginning, you know, I had some trauma and, you know, infidelities in past relationships and other things that were definitely part of why I struggled with trust, but I kind of used as a crutch maybe for too long because I didn't want to let go of those stories. And so, you know, Jason, according to him, but I'll let him share how he feels, you know, hasn't had a lot of issues with trusting me, but I've had a lot of ways of I've had to grow in that part of our relationship because me withholding my trust of him because of something from the past was actually really damaging to our relationship made, I think, made you feel like you were um, not trustable or that there was something wrong with you or something wrong with the relationship. And if I could have back then, I think I would have, I would have changed some of the ways that I approached this topic and just 
my my old demons that kind of came up. So I guess when a, when a woman doesn't trust a man, how does that impact him and his confidence and his nervous system or any of that? Um, it's probably one of the greatest wounds that a man will carry for sure. When his partner doesn't trust him, it, 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 it's kind of, it's huge. I mean, it's a deep one, particularly if he is, feels like he is in integrity and showing up, then there's, there's like a hot, a feeling of how do I win? Mm-hmm. I don't know how to win. Right. I'm in alignment. I'm in integrity and my partner still isn't trusting me. Uh, that, that just creates a pretty rough dynamic that I've seen for uh, a lot, a lot of men. Mm. Yeah. My heart hurts just hearing that because I acknowledge that I, I have really hurt Jason in the past by withholding my trust. Um, many times were it was issues that were triggered from my own stories, my own fears and my own, I would say testing. I think that's part of the unhealthy feminine is testing our partner or, you know, throwing things out there to try to get an emotional reaction and saying it in a not clean way. Um, and wanting them to kind of read between the lines or reassure us, we're kind of attacking them or throwing the grenade as Jason used to call it throwing the grenade, but wanting them to jump on the grenade at the same time or want to protect us at the same time. And it, it is really a, a dicey, dicey dynamic. Um, can you share just a little bit more, of course, maintaining confidentiality, but of the men that you've worked with, like how does a man work through his issues with trust and, um, this wounding about trust? Like how can a woman who's with a man who has had breaches of trust from a partner in the past, how can she, I don't know, support him or love him through that? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, there's definitely a lot of men. I mean, just like there's a, a, a lot of women who have a hard time trusting the masculine because of ways it didn't show up or wasn't an in integrity in the past. Um, there's certainly ways that a lot of men get hurt and burnt by that as well in that, um, you know, I think there is the. Uh, particularly for a lot of older guys that like been in a relationship for a long time. And then after 10 years, their partner's like, Oh, I haven't loved you for a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I want to, I want to split up like I'm done and it's too late. It's too late for them to do anything at that point. And they haven't, the feedback wasn't given in a time where they could respond and navigate and course correct. And so that one can really, really hurt. So again, I think for a lot of men, they'll lose trust in the feminine if they've had partners that weren't actually revealing the truth of their heart Mm. in a timely fashion, in a way that as much as it may hurt the masculine to like, oh, she's not happy right now, or that thing I did really upset her. Um, We'd rather know than not know. At least the good men. (laughs) And that's saying a lot. I mean, that takes a bucket load of courage, an ocean of courage to be able to accept and weather the storms of, of that much feminine feedback. And, you know, just to be candid, I, I give Jason a lot of energy sometimes and I, I'm not good at kind of keeping things in. I think the longest I can go is a few days or a few weeks. Um, part of which comes from the fact that when I was married in my twenties, my ex-husband, I was really stuck in my stage two feminine. I didn't know what that was at the time, but I never really revealed my heart. It just, it felt too risky. Uh, it didn't feel like I knew what to do with that. Um, 
I had my own hangups and, and all of these things. And so I kind of committed to myself after going through that experience, which was probably similar to what Jason's sharing about his clients. You know, I, I had been unhappy in the relationship for a long time. I'd started revealing it, you know, about a year or two before we got divorced, but not really fully. It was just really intellectual, not like actually letting him see the parts of me that were suffering. So I decided I didn't want to do that anymore because I didn't want to hurt someone in that way by withholding. But, um, but for me, it's been a dance to learn how to not withhold, but not bring so much heat to the situation that it scorches either of us. Um, Jason's teacher, John, I I believe says something about sharing with an open, like the back of your heart being open. Do you remember him saying that? Um, Something like that. I mean, for, for both people, it's Mm -hmm. like, can, can you feel the person's heart open or closed? Mm. I love that truth. Can you feel the person's heart is open or closed so that when you're sharing, revealing the truth of your heart, it's, it's from an open heart and it's trusting that your partner is receiving it with an open heart. And if your partner is not in a place where their heart is open, Maybe it's not the right time. You know, maybe you need to create a structure, ask them for a time when you could share something that's on your heart. There are many ways to clear resentments, which Jason and I teach our clients and with the couples that we work with. Um, yeah, this this aspect of feedback, but from an open heart is is really important. So ladies, that's why it's critical to trust yourself the emotions and sensations that you're feeling to practice those things and to work through the beliefs and the shadows that might be keeping you from revealing yourself. I think sometimes as women, we do want to be seen, but we're just so terrified that we, we hold it all in and then the resentments build and we bring it to the next partnership or the next date that we go on. And then, you know, I'm projecting onto Jason 25 years or even longer of, of suffering instead of um, giving him the gift and the grace of just seeing me as I am and, and who I am in the moment. Do you have anything, Jason, about trust, trust in relationships or anything else related to this topic that, that you want to share? Um, I mean, it's a process for one. So trust is something you have to create and build over time by having friction and then mending. Mm. But that takes vulnerability. That takes risk. That takes revealing. Um, takes being willing to get it wrong. And then, oh, and my partner's still here. But like, right. And then we mend. And then every time we do that, we get, um, the bond gets stronger. You know, there's the, in a lot of boundaries work, people talk about you can't really trust um, somebody's yes until you can trust their no. And there's a piece of that, um, I think, in a lot of relationships that until we know our partner is actually going to tell us what's going on when they're not happy, it's hard to trust them. Um, But when we know, oh, yeah, if she was upset right now, she'd be letting me know. (laughs) So I can actually trust that she's not upset right now. Right. Um, That kind of thing really matters over time. So just knowing that, yeah, it takes it takes it takes it's a practice. It takes time to build it. Um, And it's much easier to do in relationship when you've already built that muscle in yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we've gone through a lot of our ruptures and repairs or the the mending and the breaking and the mending, um, but it has built a lot of confidence and trust that even on our second date, you know, we had some heated discussions and, and we didn't leave each other energetically or physically, you know, we kind of stayed with the moment and even though I was crying on our second date and all this stuff, not because Jason did anything wrong. I just had some old, old fears and old things that came up um, and some projections about what I wanted for the future and 
Um, I think that's another thing too, is as a woman being able to trust yourself, being able to trust your partner, being able to trust the future that you're creating together and being able to trust that, you know, if this relationship is healthy and if I'm able to take responsibility for my feelings and articulate them, and if I'm willing to continue to grow, then we can get through it. Um, but both partners need to be willing to grow. And like Jason said, be willing to be vulnerable, which is no small feat, which is why he and I do the work that we do. <laughs> <laughs> helping people with this part of their life. So thank you, Jason, for sharing your wisdom um, and sharing your, your heart and your depth on this topic. And thank you all for listening about building trust and these dynamics of the masculine and feminine when it comes to trust and relationships. Take care. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.